Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Are you ready to rumble? It's time for a double-double. What's the, the rumble? Is the WWF? Who's that? That was the Jock Jams days, right? Mm. Well, welcome to the, uh, the podcast. You're gearing up with a little Jock Jams. Easter time. Easter time. Father Mike. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Who wrote that one? Because I like that one. I thought you'd like the drunken sailor. Hallelujah. You know, the hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So anyways, so... Uh, well, I do. I like that one. Welcome to, welcome to the podcast. I always have this vision of my mind of like, who's the, the person listening to this for the first time and these like freaking weird introductions. And probably welcome like, to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. A J10, well, they already heard that part. They right? already heard that. So, yeah, so uh, here we are, and uh, we're happy to be in Easter, aren't we? We haven't talked yeah. to them since, I think it was Lent, and so. Yeah, happy Easter. He is He is risen. He is risen, yep. And, um, yeah, we're kind of just in the groove here, but it's starting to feel like spring here in Rome. It is, yeah. It's I was just l- watching the birds. Watching the birds. We have these gigantic seagulls that swarm. Like What's pre- the other one? Prehistoric birds. Swallows or? Swallows, I don't know. Are you a bird guy? Are you a bird watcher? Not, you know, I am a bird watcher. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love watching birds. I but I don't know names of them. And just like looking at them. I could tell a seagull. Yeah. They they really are gigantic and really scary. I always think, like, man, if they if one of those things comes after us. There was one down, down by the South Platte that I really liked. And I seen him once over uh, by Rangeley, that uh, Blue Heron. A seagull. You know that one? Oh, blue heron. <laughs> yeah, the great blue heron. Oh, yeah? I mean, he's got the real long legs. Big in, thing. Range of, in Rangeley, Colorado. Well, maybe it was. I don't know. Or Meeker. or Somewhere out west. I think somewhere. I, I seen him out west. Well, you had a, uh, a good uh, Trudum, right? You were up in uh, Milano. Yeah, I was in a parish in Milano. Yep. Shout out to all the folks in Milano. Don Walter, Don, Don Davide. Don Davide. The, uh, the young adults... We had a great crew of uh, young adults, college students, and then those just after college who were working that made a retreat over the Triduum. So they were like staying at the at the parish and uh, praying through each of the days. And it was fun. It was really fun to interact with them. We had pasta together. And yeah, played, you got fed by some Nona, right? Just she kept bringing out on oh, Easter Sunday Easter just day. like oh, no. until your stomach exploded I just could not eat anymore yeah. but she says hey Pasqua yeah, it's Easter father yeah. it's Easter yeah she kept feeding me all that food yeah that's uh, that's part of the uh, part of the thing you're I at. almost exploded is that possible if your just stomach explodes yeah well father Monsignor Glenn used to tell that story about uh, he went to some big dinner do you remember this his buddy got ordained and it was down in southern Italy and they walked out, and he said the old priest in his cassock was laying on top of his car, just screaming because his stomach <laughs> was so full. Oh no! Just like ah, ah. Yeah, that's exactly that's, it. That happens here every once in a while. With, uh, but I tell you what, I went up to England, and it was the same thing. It was just like ale and Lancashire pies, and it was just like this hearty, hearty oh, yeah. English fare. And I was just like thick. My just, I, I didn't feel hunger like once for the whole week I was What's there. What's in the Lancashire pie? It's oh, like it's like our pot pies. Peach pie? No, not the, the meat, pie? meat pies. Oh, meat pies. Yeah, they do meat pies up there. So Ooh. I think it's like yeah, the pot pies you yeah, ate pie. growing up. You know, I love chicken pot pie. Chicken pot pie. Yeah, that's what it's like. And I had Jordan Dosh, Deacon Jordan Dosh, and uh, Deacon Michael Friedel. 
and uh, Deacon Daniel Usterman, our boy from Denver, and they gave us this bottle of Glenlivet for uh, oh, thanks, doing their guys. canonical retreat. So they figured out we we the currency that we take is um, oh good gifts in bourbon, or I guess that would be scotch. But uh, scotch. They made a great retreat. Those boys are ready to go there. Uh, Eusty's getting ordained in I think ten days, eleven All days, right. which is exciting. So shout out to those guys, and then Michael Friedel shortly after that in Springfield, Illinois. And then uh, Jordan Dosh, I think, is the final one. Uh, but all, all these guys, it's pretty exciting. You remember those weeks leading up to the uh, ordination? I mean, it's just like... I blacked out. You blacked out? I blacked out early. <laughs> it's thrilling, I, but there's also a lot I, of chaos. I, I saw pictures afterward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody confirmed Someone that Someone told it, me I smiled that a lot during the uh, ordination. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my mother was recently commenting on how photogenic you are and how much I am not uh, in light of recent occurrences. Right. We met the Pope. We met the we Pope. We met Pope Francis. Pope Francis on Thursday, which is a real honor, and uh, and I blew it again. So I'm three for three on meeting popes and just being an idiot all three times. So well, you have to describe it. It's not like you tripped and well, so like, tumbled over him. Or yeah, something. I just I freeze and I, I I can't even speak. And so we're sitting there and it, we're in the in this place called the Alia um, Clementina. So we're up in the Papal apartments. So if you're looking at St. Peter's up on the right there where the popes have lived for the last hundred years, but Pope Francis isn't living there. But that's where the the papacy kind of resides, you know. So we're up there in this beautiful um, old hall. And there's, what do you think, a hundred people? Mm-hmm. And uh, we slipped into this crew thanks to John and Marianne Martin, our good friends, got us in. Thank we, you. We kind of felt like great. country bumpkins with a bunch of really important people. But I was like, can we can we go together? And you were like, uh, and I was like, please. No, 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 no. I wanted to. That was good. So we met together. And you get in this greeting line, and it's like the, the greeting line after Mass. Right. Where people are just, I mean, it's a long line, and you're right. supposed to say hello to the pastor. Here you're supposed to say hello to the Pope and then move on. You know, there's very little time. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, and so you, you walk up, and there's a circle around the Pope. So he steps off his chair, and everybody's, you're walking in, but he's got his crew kind of all around him, you know? So the photographer taking photos of every three seconds, and then, but I felt my body start to move um, as soon as uh, I, I reached out to shake his hand, because the guy behind like me was out of the physically, way? physically moving me. He was moving me on, oh, yeah. like, immediately. I mean, they have to just keep, you know... Yeah, he's got the he's got the help. But you spoke to him, and what'd you say to Pope Francis? I said, uh, "Good evening, Bonasera, Holy yeah. Father." Yeah, and it was morning. Yeah, of course. I was trying to say uh, Bona Pasqua. Bona Pasqua. It was like Happy Easter. Right. And I said, uh, "Happy evening." Happy evening. Um, and then I, what did I say? I said, "Thank you for your service to the church." Right. And here's a picture of our priestly community in Denver. That please, was a nice touch. Pray for us. Nice surprise. Father Mike brought this photo and he blessed it and it, he kind of had this permagrin on and because uh, he just has to do this like I don't know how he does it with the oh, photographs too. I mean, oh, the Pope's got to do this, you know, from one engagement to the next. No, just man. lines and lines of people. So it was, but it was, um, it was beautiful um, experience and it was great to, um, yeah, to be able to to uh, meet him, ask his blessing, ask for his prayers. And, um, yeah, it was very good. I mean, I haven't, I, I don't feel like a, a, a super deep connection with this Pope the way that I did growing up 
um, Pope John Paul II was like my hero and really brought me to Christ. And um, I was coming from a, a whole different place, you know, in life. And his like witness of hope, his, his writings were so meaningful to me that um, this was just like a huge, huge hero in my life, right. you know. And um, since, you know, I've, I've become a priest, I've come to Rome, I'm around a lot of these, you know, kind of important church people. And um, I have great respect for the Pope. And uh, it was a real privilege and an honor to meet the successor of Peter and um, to, it was kind of like honoring the office of, of the Pope. But I don't, know him as well. I've been so busy with things that I haven't followed his work as well as some others have. But it was, uh, yeah, it was really great. It felt very personal. It did feel personal. And I, I, I would echo the same thing. I mean, the word that I would probably put on it um, is just kind of ambivalence, I think. Um, and uh, it's been, it's actually become more acute since I've been over here. And so it was nice to just interact with him personally. It, there was a lot of grace in it, I think, for me to just to see the office, see the man. Um, he's old, you know, and he's got a, he's, it's crazy. It's this breakneck, crazy life. And so it was just like, there was some different things moving in my heart. And so I was really grateful for the opportunity, but it was a surprise, you know. Um, and then what wasn't a surprise, of course, is that I blew it in all the photos that uh, we took. So oh, yeah. So we got Father one. John's got his eyes closed. So you got Pope Francis and Father Mike having this like intimate moment. And I'm like, this like shadow figure in the background. In the first photo, I'm like, like Scarface in the background. And then the second photo, my eyes are completely blinked. And then my third one, I look like a psychopath <laughs> and I'm reaching out in my face. You're just like, what is going on in his face right now? So yeah. And then uh, that ended up on Facebook almost immediately. Thanks to Rose rap. No, so. the, you had your eyes closed. It wasn't the creepy one. It wasn't the creepy one. That one should be destroyed. So it's harder to <laughs> it's harder to destroy photos these days. But uh, yeah, rose or wrap, and uh, yeah. So, anyways, that was great. We've had a great, uh, great few weeks, and um, a little low on energy right now, trying to get this thesis done. But uh, happy yeah, to be it's together. Been a lot of work happy to be back. kicking it back tonight and uh, enjoying it. You know, I think people don't realize that. Um, I, at least I'll say this for myself, but doing this is like, this is enjoyable, you know? This yeah. is a nice end oh, of yeah, a day. It's a good break. We've been working all day, and because we read books and we write, and um, you, you don't actually ever get to bring stuff into conversation a lot of times, you know? Yeah. Or you go to class, and so it's nice to actually just talk about the ideas and sit and sit and talk to an old friend here. Yeah. And uh, even if people are, are bored because we're lower energy, but... Uh, I don't know. I could dance around. I sang the Alleluia. You sang we, the We Alle also had the bishop in town. Oh, yeah, and that was bishop. good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Our archbishop was in town, and so we do... We kind of get together as Denver uh, seminarians and priests, and those are fun. I would like to say... Together. I think I had the greatest cheesecake of my life last night. Sicilian Casata. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, my. It was just... I had the cannoli. Unbelievable. You were jealous, weren't you? Because we were all raving about the... Casata. I don't care about desserts. I didn't. You don't want even like one. dessert. Yeah, he peer pressured you into yeah, getting a cannoli. Yeah, he just ordered me a cannoli. So I went to the Sicilian restaurant last night, and it was just. Whew, no, man. you know what I liked? I had a, a pasta that was squid ink. Squid ink. That was weird. Oh man, it was good. That Ooh, was strange. Was black black pasta. Where are you going to get that in Denver? That's true. That's true. Where are you going to get that any, anywhere? <laughs> yeah. But it, maybe we're not meant to eat this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it was good. But it was yeah, good to have Archbishop around. And yeah, it's just funny. Our life here is so funny, you know. Like we, 
went to St. Peter's this morning and dealt with the Swiss guard who looked at us like we were crazy for going into the same entrance into the Basilica that we do every single Tuesday at the same time, time, every Tuesday for the last two years. And they look at us like, who the hell do you think you are getting in here right now? Like, how, how dare you? And you're just like, are you kidding? Is this really happening? So, but we got in. We made it. We got in. Eventually. We made a good mass. So, anyways, here we are. Here we are. Are you going? Am I going? What are we doing? Uh, I don't know. What What do you think? I'll go. You want to go? But you have to choose between. Oh, okay. yes. I threw him off today. Yeah. I, I said, Let, let's have a little double-double tonight. And he took that as I didn't know what that meant. Four podcasts. That's what like I meant, a sports reference, right? What I meant was two podcasts and two, two uh, bourbons. Ah. Double-double. Yeah. But I've never used that terminology, and I, I did drop it rather casually. I thought it meant, yeah, we, I had to prepare two podcasts. That so I've got two poorly prepared podcasts. Are you going to try? What well, are your th- okay, it so can't be as options. bad as uh, three, po- three uh, ideas from Pranzo. You could, you know, no, that was really good. Uh, I liked there. that Thanks. a lot. Thank you. you did that well. Uh, okay, so uh, here's your options. Okay. I'll let you decide. Like choose your own adventure. I, I'm probably going to do the other one in the future. But... Um, the Ambrosian Rite. Mm. Okay, because I was recently in Milan. Yes. You know, so I could talk about the Ambrosian Rite. Okay. Or the other option is um, e- primitive Christian ecclesiology and 4Q174. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love I it. Got very, I have made fun I got of you very about limited the feedback about <laughs> 4Q521, but some of it was good. Some people love that one, though. We, we were talking to somebody recently who was talking about that. Some people love the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh, I would say I would like to hear about the Ambrosian Rite, seeing as you were in Milan just two weeks ago. Oh, okay, that's... Is that the one not as le- well prepared? Less prepared, but... I see. No, 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 it's good. It's still good. You're just, you're just going. Last time you came in here with eight books in your hand. Now you're just got no, a beer. No, I got books. Okay. I got a beer, and I got a uh, stack over here. Okay. Let me grab it. Okay, grab your stack. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for Dead Sea Scrolls yet. Give me a couple more, a couple on, more drinks, and then I'll be ready on. for. Love it. the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> Who doesn't love the Dead Sea Scrolls? Well, I get yelled at it's if like I a remember. Party when people if say I... Dead Sea Scrolls, <laughs> <laughs> everybody just gets so stoked. <laughs> oh man! I get yelled at when I get bored. They is just it? get nervous. They get I know. So excited. All right. All right, time for a double double, baby. <laughs> Here's the double double. All right, Ambrosian Rite. Ambrosian Rite. What do you know about the rites of the church? Oh, well, it's an interesting question. I didn't know much until I met Father Michael O'Loughlin, uh-huh. our favorite Olaf. He, uh, because he's Byzantine, Ruthenian, right? Ruthenian. And mm-hmm. he's Catholic. And he made it very, I think he said to me, there's 16 different rites. I got 23. 23 different rites. Don't, don't put that on him. That's me not remembering anything, having no short-term memory. Okay, so there's 23 different rites. In the Catholic Church, and I think I've, the we've Latin ta- right. We've talked about, we've talked about that a little bit, yeah. But the Latin right, what we call, what we think of, our right, is R I T E, is uh, is just one of twenty three. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. So they're um, they're all Catholic, meaning we're all in communion with, in terms of uh, Orthodox teaching, and in um, under the leadership of the Pope as the first among equals in the College of Bishops, and, um, well, yeah, I mean, liturgically, the sacraments are the same, the teaching are the same, our traditions of prayer are the same, these kinds of things. But there are particularities that are different, like 
kind of like there's uh, one thing called human being, mm. and there's lots of different ethnicities, and, right? And they have a lot of different cultures and traditions and all these things. And so the Ambrosian Rite um, is kind of the culture, the the church culture and and um, ritual of prayer that comes uh, or is identified with St. Ambrose, the, the Bishop of Milan in the 4th century. Um, and they trace a lot of the particularities of their, uh, of their style to um, the time of Ambrose or kind of like a, a continuous tradition since the time of Ambrose. Hmm. Okay. It's rather similar to the Latin rite with a, a few different particularities for the the mass and for the liturgical calendar and some uh, various things. So maybe just for somebody who's listening and saying, I don't know what a rite is. Um, we're talking about the liturgy here, right? Um, kind of. Oh, is it more than uh, that? Is technically, it cultural? It's it's a, a church within the church. So it's it's a a, a group that has their own law. Their own particular law. Oh, okay. And they have a right to kind of um, a right. This is like R I G H T <laughs> to um, kind of exercise their own decisions about certain things. Gotcha. Um, whereas, yeah. So we're part of the Latin right, and all of our law applies to all of, all of these many. Categories. So it's liter- liter- liturgical law and canon law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there's a universal I mean, governance. N- the noticeable differences. For most people, will be the the liturgical things. Okay. Right? Okay, and then there's so there are two that kind of are connected to and stem from the Latin rite, this Ambrosian rite and the Mozarabic rite mm. from Spain, and they share most everything in common with the Latin rite, and then have a few different particularities. That's different, say, than the Ruthenian rite, which takes a lot of its prayers from a different kind of strand of tradition. So would you say that in the West, we the only three rites are Latin, Ambrosian, and Mozarabic? Ooh. Because yeah, that's the East, I would say, is like John Chrysostom, so the liturgy of John Chrysostom, another... Yeah, I learned church. in Jerusalem... I mean, this is going to get me in trouble with okay. Father Michael, probably. Okay. I, I don't know. Somebody. Um we tend to talk about the West and the East, and then in the East we're talking about like Byzantine churches or right. kind of the Greek traditions. Right. Um, that comes from a certain time in the history of the church when you had Rome and um, Constantinople as like the capitals of Christendom, and um, so there is like 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 a strong tradition that there's some. There, there was leadership exercised there that was really important or whatever. Um, but a lot of these other rites in the um, the Far East, I don't know, Middle East, don't really like us talking about East and Eastern West. churches, right. meaning Greek. Right. Because they, like the, the Maronites, mm-hmm. have a long tradition of uh, uh, being... They, they've been connected to the Catholic Church forever, and they are... Um, Aramaic speaking for their sacred liturgy, and they have their own traditions from forever, and that was before the whole Greek phenomenon. Um, there are other churches like that. So when I was in Jerusalem and you're meeting all of these different rites, they don't really like to be grouped as 
there's like the Western Latin, right? Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is kind of Greek. Gotcha. You know, so Eastern, yeah, okay, you can kind of say that, but but there's I, there's a lot there's a lot more Eastern than just Ukraine, Russia, Greek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. And yeah, you that, that can be said for the Egyptian churches too. Well, pardon my ignorance. Oh yeah, well here you go. This okay. is Catholic stuff. I'm learning. I I'm, I should know. That's you put the should, <laughs> put the should tonight well, in Catholic stuff. Okay, so well, it's it is true that the Ambrosian rite, Latin rite, and the Mozarabic rite have been kind of connected with Latin language. A lot of doctrine, a lot of the history goes together. So that's true. Excellent. There, maybe you could call them Western. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Where do you where do you want to start? You want to start with a little bit of history, okay? All right. You good for history? <laughs> um, I don't want to. I don't want to make this just like a lecture, but part of it is like you just gotta kind of get through the basics, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I I I wish I knew something, then I could I could help uh, make it a little more dialogical. But I I just. I don't know anything about this, so all right, well, I'm all ears, and I am just let us, so interested. Right now. Let us. Oh, I'm glad you're. Uh, let us start with Saint Ambrose, all right, who followed an Arian bishop, Auxentius of Milan. Okay, at a time when a lot of Christians were Arian, this kind of heresy. We did a podcast on who punched Arius. You remember <laughs> a long time ago at Nicaea, right? There, uh, starting at Nicaea, there was like a real push to address this heresy, right. and um, that was in 325. So um, soon after that, you have this bishop who's Arian, um, and a lot of Milan was with him, and then St. Ambrose comes along, or Ambrose, Bishop Ambrose at the time. Okay, so he um, was in kind of a, a battle with the empress at the time, Empress Justina, uh, over the Basilica Church the cathedral in Milan, hmm. right? Who gets to have it? You know, here you had this Arian. She was bishop. an Arian. She's an Arian. She's pushing for Arian control, and he's not Arian. He's Orthodox. And he was elected by the people, right? That I don't know. I think he was a catechumen when they oh. unanimously. Yeah. So he's a defender. For him. Yeah. He's been picked as the bishop. Now he's in a fight with the empress, who wants the the basilica, and so he. Um, kind of arranges this coup, and here's a, a little clip from the Wikipedia All page. Right. I don't. I think they take it from the Catholic Encyclopedia, as many things are with that. Okay, so St. Ambrose filled the church with Catholics and kept them there night and day until the peril was passed, and he arranged psalms and hymns for them to sing, as St. Augustine reports. Okay. Um, what is this? What is this? Here's the quote. Now, for the first time, antiphons, hymns, and vigils began to be a part of the observance of the church in Milan, which devout observance lasts to our day, not only in that church, but in nearly every province in the West. And the songs um, were sung after the manner of the Orientals, lest the people should languish in cheerless monotony. Mm. So you gather all the people. This is like just strategy for uh, when, you're, when you're bishop of, I don't know, not Milan. Colorado Springs, Juno. Um, and you have the, the threat of Arianism, gathering all the people and then just have them in joyful song throughout the... I don't know if this story... Well, it, it might explain the tradition of the uh, Ambrosian Rite having its own music, 
mm. and having a very strong musical foundation. Ambrose wrote songs, and um, they're very special and important to that rite. Um, but one of the kind of characteristic features of the Ambrosian rite is that it has its own musical kind of tradition. Uh, and it, it's pretty distinct. Like yeah, it's a little different. Their yeah. chant is different than Gregorian chant. It's mm. kind of the Latin standard. And um, and they also have lots of other hymns and mm. and sounds. When I was up there um, for the Tridwam, it was I was impressed by this this uh, beautiful mix of different melodies and sounds that were just new to me. Kind of like an Eastern feel, or yeah, just very yeah. unique. Yeah, it did have this yeah. kind of Eastern mix, and um, yeah, it was it was just very beautiful, and um, th- not only were the songs different, but just like I was in a little parish and it had a huge choir hmm. that was singing very beautifully. And you could tell that they had a long time of formation and just this expectation that music is very important for their churches. Okay, so beautiful uh, beautiful tradition and start. Um, Ambrose also kind of mentored Augustine, is that right? Yep. Kind of rose him. So uh, it's a good connection for us um, who take uh, those of us who take Augustine as a patron, like the Companions of Christ? That's right. I think Augustine probably learned to live with uh, live with the other priests and get along with them well from Ambrose, who um, was very close to his people and his priests, and um, who also has siblings who are saints. You know, it was like a communal thing. Yeah, he um, two things on Ambrose real quick. His um he was one of the first to put his priests intentionally write about having them live in community together. So I think mm-hmm. Augustine did develop his rule in his common oh, life okay. from yeah. Ambrose was doing that. And then Ambrose had a sister who became a consecrated virgin. And he wrote some, he wrote a treatise called De Virginie, uh, De Virginibus. And um, it was for her. And he's laying out a lot of his ideas about consecrated life. And cause this is the golden age of patristic. So the fathers, the period, this, First, you know, seven eight centuries. This and this is the golden period right there, because Ambrose, Augustine, Jerome, and Gregory; those are like our big four in the West. Yeah, but even in the East, you have the Cappadocian Fathers of, and um, Saint John Chrysostom, and so this is just like the like these guys are just. It's funny. I was in Italian class and we were studying this, and I, you know my you know my Italianness and. I'd hear blah, 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 the dream team. And then they would oh. continue in Italian. I'd be like, oh, we're talking about the dream team. Okay, we're talking about the 4th uh, the century, 4th and 5th century dream team. <laughs> and so the uh, uh, this is the the dream team. Was that like 1991? I forget. No, it must have been later dream than that. Team. Do you remember that? when we just, we just destroyed everybody in the Olympics. I do. Then, I do yeah. remember. But I'm trying to remember who was on the dream team. Michael Jordan. I think Oh, there's going to be... 500 guys who listen to this and are I just know, like, that's oh. a shame. dream team. <laughs> so anyways, this was the, the golden era. And so I, I, it's just, it's interesting that the, the Latin rite in many ways takes it from Gregory and Ambrosian from Ambrose. And they're right there at the same time. Yeah. 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 These great doctors of the church, the great history and founders. Okay. So, um, we you have a tradition that's kind of started there. <clears throat> they say that he may or may not have written, particular uh, prayers for the Mass and these kinds of things. Um, some prefaces are real unique and seem very old um, with the Ambrosian Rite. So w- we're not sure what he wrote and what he didn't. But over the course of centuries, uh, the kind of uh, subsequent centuries, 
there were a lot of different moves to uh, repress the ambrosian rite in and in times of consolidation when the church was trying to get everybody on board with the same sorts of rights. Right. So I don't think it was like mean spirited, but they, the people really rose up and like protected their older, uh, particular traditions. Um, Charlemagne tried to, uh, suppress the Ambrosian rite, And, uh, there was this little kind of contest that uh, came up. And, uh, so they, in order to, to determine like the will of God for this um, for this right, two books. And now I'm reading. I want, two books, Ambrosian and Roman, were laid closed upon the altar of Saint Peter's Church in Rome and left for three days. And the one which was found upon uh, the, the one which was found open was to win. They were both found open, and it was resolved that as God had shown that one was as acceptable as the other, the Ambrosian rite should continue. You know, a mm. little contest. A little contest. I know, you know, it's hard to know, like, how to settle things. I hope and they don't do that with my thesis and, you know. Leave it, yeah, open on the altar. Leave it on the altar and see if it's worthy. Oh, gosh. So, you know, they're, they're kind of like signs protecting this, uh, this stuff. Okay, so it's, it's carried on throughout the, throughout the centuries. Uh, finally, in Second Vatican Council, you have... Um, you have a, uh, a sort of consolidation of sorts of a kind of standard ritual for the, for the West. And um, it just so happened that Pope Paul VI was, had previously been the Bishop of Milan. Yeah. So he went out of his way to protect the Ambrosian Rite and uh, made sure that they uh, were not uh, forced to change a whole lot of a whole lot of things. Now they do. I was when I was up there. The, the majority of the prayers are the Novus Ordo. It's just the same prayers that we're praying um, in the Latin rite, uh, with the exception of a few um, minor differences. So they did um, kind of adapt the rest of the prayers of the uh, of the church. And I think it's an interesting study of adaptation. But that's another. If somebody walked into the Duomo in Milan. And ended up at a um, Ambrosian liturgy. Would they be totally lost, or would it feel like the same basic form of the Latin rite, or is it just really like? Because like when I go to Father Michael's and con celebrate, it's just like oh, that's entirely different. Totally different. Yeah. yeah. So, but this is more similar. Yeah. So they use the vernacular. Yeah. And I, Father Michael does most of the time. Yeah. Does he ever use Greek or? But. Um, what do they use? Old Slavonic or something like that. Yeah. Um, no, they use uh, they use modern Italian, and uh, there are some prayers in Latin. I think they have a like a stronger kind of tradition of that. But just generally in in Italy, there's a, a pretty uh, Latin is held valuable because it's kind of the old old form of their language. No. And is it just in the diocese of Milan, or is it all over northern Italy? Just Milan. Just Milan. Yeah. Just one diocese for this, right? Mm. Okay, so, but the differences are very minor. I'm just going to read a, a few of those. One, the principal celebrant blesses all the readers, not only the deacon. You like that. You keep talking about that. Yeah, yeah. whenever they, so a lector comes up, it, c- it could be uh, a lay person or also the deacon or the priest who is going to proclaim the gospel, and they say, Benedici mi padre. Benedici you know, bless mi padre. Me. So it's kind of like the little ritual that we have of the deacons asking the blessing. Um, but that's uh, obviously not a, not a huge difference. 
the rite of peace comes at the beginning of the liturgy of the Eucharist before the offertory. Mm. So um, just, yeah, just before the gifts are brought up, you have the sign of peace. And um, it seemed to be a pretty natural place. I mean, it's kind of controversial in our rite, right? The, uh, the place of the sign of peace, because we have consecrated the, mm-hmm. the Eucharist. And so here's Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity on the altar. And then you have this the sign of peace, which can feel to a lot of people as, as something of a distraction. Now, we have reason for that because the, uh, the peace that comes from Jesus and his presence here is extended to the rest of the community. I'm thinking about my... Uh, I grew up in a Life Teen parish, and I owe my conversion to the Life Teen um, youth ministry, so I'm not making fun of it, but the sign of peace was just, like, wild. This is back when we'd all come around the altar, and it was just like a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you had hundreds of people, too. It's a love fest. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's everybody's got to greet everybody, and then yeah. you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that person or whatever. So, um, yeah, this is done... At the uh, at the time of the offertory, it's a little it's a time that's a little more free. Um, it's done reverently on the altar, and I was concelebrating with other priests, and um, it's just as simple, I think, as the way we do it. But uh, I got a question for you. This is a little non sequitur. Um, did the Italian? Do you go right and then left, both with the like the the awkward kind of double kiss thing, and then also at the sign of peace? Because yeah, almost, you go, yeah, you go right. I almost did a headbutt today into Archbishop Aquila, like like just bam, just together. Because I, it's what do we usually do? We go left in the United States, right? But you should watch me do this with Italians. Yeah. It's hilarious. No, I do because I get thing. so awkward. I'm like, you do for like the guy, the guy, you know, handshake, and then you come in, yeah, and the then it's bump. like, yeah. The, but then you're like, whoa, we're we going right. Whoa, whoa, we're way too close here, and uh, yeah. So you go right. In Italy, you do this double kiss thing. Even to greet your your friends who are male, very and very strange. You have to learn it as an American. I have not learned it. <laughs> it if you go the wrong way, it's sort of like, oh, hey, there's your too, face. A little too intimate. <laughs> or your headbutt and your bishop at mass. Okay, sorry, distraction. No, that's so you go right. I got to go I, right. I feel that. Yeah, <laughs> you go right and then you go left. Okay, so there's um, they use the the normal Eucharistic prayers. The first. Eucharistic prayer, the canon, has a list of Roman martyrs, you know, in our right. prayers. And they change some of those saints' names to mm. Ambrose and uh, Saturnus and Marcelina, the sister, sister. Of, of Ambrose. Nice. And um, so that's just kind of particular local saints. And then there are um, part proper Eucharistic prayers for Easter that are, are a little bit different. And I'll, I'll read uh, a little bit of that... Uh, the difference here. Um, that's about it. There's a little Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison at the end of Mass. Mm. And um, they don't, uh, during Lent, they don't have, um, they don't have Mass on Fridays. But it's like all these little differences. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, it's exactly the same. Mm. And I felt very comfortable doing it. I didn't have to learn a whole lot. I'd said Mass in Italian in other places. So um, it was basically the same thing with these little characteristics. What's but it's it? enough for them to be very proud of this yeah. and to really guard yeah. and hold on to their traditions. It's crazy. It's 1,700 years. I think one of the, the deeper ecclesiological things about this is the tension between and the union of unity and Catholicity. You know, mm-hmm. So we're not, we're not about uniformity. And there are moments when Charlemagne or whoever tries to uniform and probably needs to. 
yeah. move back towards that, but it can't. It's for the sake of a deeper unity. And so there really is this interesting Catholicity, and we, we forget that, I think, in yeah. areas where we don't, we're not exposed Just to these other Just a little particular one I think of in the States is that we have a special permission to remain kneeling hmm. throughout the Eucharistic prayer um, because our bishops historically had a, um, stressed a devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. And um, so if you go to Mass somewhere else um, throughout the world, a lot of times Americans are caught off guard because people will remain standing um, or they'll kneel just before the consecration, but then afterward they'll be standing. Right. And we have a different practice. So, yeah, some of these particulars um, have an important meaning. I mean, you can reflect on that in our own devotion. Okay, let me read the uh, difference in the consec- with the words of consecration are Whoa. different. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Well, well, not crazy. Not entirely. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a big deal because this is really the stress of the Mass. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody goes quiet. If you've ever been to the Catholic Mass, you know that this is like really an, an intense moment um, and very focused and reverent and everything. Okay, so um, the first part is normal. Um, take this and eat uh, all Are you of translating you. this I'm from Italian? Tra- yeah, I'm yeah, reading it's impressive. Italian. This is my body, uh, which is given up for you. you know. um, then with the, the chalice, this is where it, it differs. Okay, take, it, take this and drink it, all of you. This is uh, the chalice of my blood for the new and um, eternal covenant um, poured out for you and for many um, for the forgiveness of sins. And it continues. Okay, this is the, this is the proper parts of the words of consecration. Um, then he gave them this command. Every time that you, um, that you do this, do this in memory of me. Preach my death. Announce my resurrection. Uh, be vigilant. Be faithfully vigilant um, for my return until I come again um, to you from heaven. Mm. So there's this whole extra, it, it sounds like the uh, Mysterium Fide, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of um, combined. But then the Mysterium Fide follows. Oh. So they've just kind of included that in the words of consecration. Oh. And the elevation of, uh, of the chalice doesn't happen until after this, um, after this little prayer. So, ogni volta che farete questo, lo farete in memoria di me. Etc. Nice. No? nice. Very nice. I, you, you guys don't know Italian. Let me see. So. The, uh, um, did that throw you off when you were celebrating with him? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, a little bit. I was just kind of surprised, but... Yeah. Yeah, so it's got the same part. I think it's probably good to just mention this if someone's like, well, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, how does that work? You know, the church has the authority to... Um, to Christ institutes the sacraments, including the Eucharist, but the church has the authority to um, uh, institute the form. So the form, the words mm-hmm. of consecration, that, that's under the church's purview. So, And the, the words will be the same throughout the world. Um, here you have the addition of a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. you can't change, right. this is my body given up for you. That's what Jesus said, that's what we say. Now this is very different than like liturgical abuses where things are changing. Example, my Easter liturgy this year up in England, not my beloved priest friend, Monsignor John Walsh, but a neighboring parish we went to. Um, they're just kind of, one of these old dogs just kind of 
making it up, spicing up the mass, you know? Oh, yeah. And I literally could not even focus. He, was, he wasn't even in the new missile. There was a translation difference a couple of years ago, and it was crazy. But that's not, this is not what we're no, talking about. No, that's entirely different. Yeah. No pastor can make up his mass. Right. This, these are traditions that are, how old did, did we say? 1,600 years old. Right. 17, almost 1,700 years old. Right. And you see how minor they are. I mean, the, the continuity of the liturgy is impressive. Um, the church has been praying the same things. Uh, we continue to pray the same things that we've been praying for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got the right to just make anything up. Um, but there are, you know, these these little these little differences that um, are authentic and are authentically um, uh, variable within the tradition of the right. church. Side note: Italian lesson for those of you learning Italian. The word gentile. Gentile. <laughs> means it means um what kind yeah genteel kind that does not translate into english that means gentile in english yeah it looks like gentile i crafted an email you have to explain yesterday yeah, yeah. to somebody and it was circulated through a number of very important people in denver and i called someone a very gentile a uomo gentile i was trying to say you're a very kind man you've been very kind to me a but gentleman. i said you're yeah. a gentile um, and so everybody's probably laughing at how he's gentile. Yeah, it's almost pejorative. Gentile. Yeah, sometimes. So to just say kind. You're a kind person. So there's your Italian lesson. Italian. For, well, based on every mistake that I make, this is how I learned this language. So there oh, you go. I stumbled constantly. So I was up there um, in the parish, hearing confessions, um, praying the mass together. I didn't understand a lot of these confessions, <laughs> um, but you get bits and pieces. And people are very excited to have a foreign priest. Because they know that he's not going to understand everything, you know. Right. So I had a long line, hours and hours. Did you really? It was great, though. I mean, I, I don't That's do that funny. over here, so it's nice. They like the English ac- or the American accent when I was in England because they they think we sound like movie stars. Oh, really? That's what the kids would tell me. I tell I see I tell the Brits that our villains and geniuses are always <laughs> always with British yeah, accent. British That's funny. Accent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't understand. The Liverpool accent is just ridiculous, but I, I can't understand it either. But is there a dialect in Milan? Um, a little bit, but they'll, they're basically speaking the Italian that's standard. Did you go to the theater, La Scala? Right? I did not. In honor the of opera. Father James Platania, the opera. The famous Famous, opera. famous, right? No, I did not. No, I was happy in my little parish. and That's good. I didn't get too far. I mean, I wasn't like touring around. For the Chrism Mass... I did go on Thursday, Holy Thursday, to the um, the cathedral in Milan, and we were there with Cardinal Scola and all the priests of Milan. And the the Catholic tradition is very, um, uh, I think, healthy. It's a little bit. I mean, practice is waning a little bit, but it's rather healthy up there. So you had lots of priests. I mean, two thousand priests in that Jeez. that mass, and um, there are a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of joy in being Catholic in Milan, and uh, a lot of pride in this Ambrosian rite and their tradition of being Catholic, and it was really beautiful to experience, yeah. That's cool. There's, it's a different in Milan, I think, because Italy has a gazillion little mini dioceses, you know, but I think Milan is pretty big. I think yeah. it covers a pretty pretty. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that's part area. of their his- Just historically, history. Historically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tradition. Ambrose, very nice. There you go, that's the Ambrosian rite. The Ambrosian rite. Very nice. Basta. Basta. Okay. I have your list of shout outs. 
Oh, yeah, good. Are you ready for yeah. that? You told me to bring this tonight, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh... Okay, I gotta pull them up here. I was thinking of this couple that came and gave us salsa and green chilies. Oh, yeah. Jared and Cassie. Yeah, Langhalls. They're wonderful. So... Coming oh, from gosh. New Mexico. Came from New we Mexico. A, we had a delightful lunch with them. And it was fun to meet people, friends from who were like, we dig New Mexico. We're excited to be in New Mexico. Oh, yeah. We got cosmic bowling on Wednesday nights. Cosmic bowling. And she actually wrote me and said, I found, a, they I found got a, a balloon bowl- festival. She said, I found a bowling alley near Rome. You could uh, go. And I was like, that sounds really sketchy. <laughs> well, she was really into the bowling, I guess. Into the bowling thing, yeah. Yeah, so anyways, that was great to have him. And your green chili is all gone, but it was a disastrous meal. I am a terrible cook, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast. I don't know why he's saying this. This is not true. Well, was, what happened delicious. What happened on Saturday night, though? Well, the, the stovetop broke. First, the grill breaks. Oh, yeah, that's true. So the grill just works like, oh, i got to go into the stove. Stove breaks. It just stops working. Oven is not working. The stove's not working. The grill's not working. How am I supposed to cook a meal? So... It all worked out. We got it all. Oh, he did a great job. It was delicious. We didn't have the pasta. High stress, though. High stress. So, yeah. So, anyways. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I better do this big one uh, before. So, you know, we we laid the smack down on. Uh, don't tell us to shout out your friends, and then we kept doing that. So people keep writing and saying, "Shout Sounds out like my, you're shout about out to my do friends." That. And I'm about to do that because, well, there's several people here who did that who I'll probably do it for. But, um, oh, one last thing on Cassie and Jake and Jared. Um, I corrected her, her, the bride, mm-hmm. on her wedding anniversary. I don't think that will ever happen again. Oh, don't embarrass her like that. Uh, it was just like a mistake, but I wanted to. It's true. She figured it out pretty quick. That. She's and so he, sweet. And he had it right. She's sweet. He had it right, but he, he kind of humbly just said, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's May 24th. So it was great to have them here. Okay, Tim Danaher, Deacon Tim Danaher of the Order of Preachers in Washington, D.C. He was very adamant. Tim helps us with uh, communications, with email. If you're corresponding with us, you're at some point talking to Tim. Um, he's a great, great help to us. Um, but he said, Thanks, okay, Tim. he said this is like a must shout out. And Tim gets whatever he wants, basically, yeah, you know, for yeah, shout outs, because yeah, he's, yeah. he's our guy. So he says a shout out to Kevin Sullivan and Taylor Colwell, two Georgetown grads who made the brave move of joining their local parish after graduation, surprising to find four language communities, Latino, English, Creole and Vietnamese, Vietnam. I don't know if I misspelled it. And uh, remember that? Do you remember that with Gobel? I got in trouble for that, mispronouncing that. So four four communities. Uh, the name is Sacred Heart on 16th Street, just up the street from the White House. Both guys serve as catechists, and they get their spiritual food from a Jesuit education, from yeah, Dominic, yeah. Dominican friends, yeah, from yeah. attending a Franciscan parish, and last of all, diocesan podcast called. Catholic stuff. Oh yes. So well to those rounded. boys, it sounds like they're Taylor well and rounded. Kevin, well-rounded chaps in DC. Thanks for looking after uh, Deacon uh, Tim Danner for us. Yeah, absolutely. That. So that's the most important one for the day, as well as Kath, uh, Cassie and Jared. So you got anybody? Th- those were mine. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I just read yours. Did you want to add any ones to your list? No. Well, no. I was because I'm just thinking about the the young people. The, the young adults up there in Milan. But we I met don't Charlie wanna, Sampson's I don't friends. Right? I guess. Yeah. Allie and Laura. You uh-huh. want to say shout out to them? Sure. And to Allie's mom, who listens to the podcast. Now they do these road trips. And Father Charlie Sampson, who's just such a great guy, right? Just like a, he's one of our favorites. Yeah, teams, Father so. Charlie's. Doesn't listen, but. Uh, I think we've shouted him out before. Yeah. There you go. That's all you have on your list here. 
making me do these these cholerics. They just make me do all these things you against love my lists. will. I have to make lists. I have to check off my lists. Litany. Uh, litany. So Ambrosian Rite, you kind of make me want to go to Milan, even though I got kind of freaked out in Milan last time I was there. Uh, it's just a big city. We, Rome's kind of a little city, you know? You're nervous about big city. Yeah, Milan is overwhelming. So, but I'm going to go back, experience the Ambrosian Rite. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do it. I encourage you. If you can, I mean, look up uh, some Ambrosian uh, chant and songs. I think that's like that, that's kind of their their shtick, you know. That's their thing. So very nice. Honor them with the with the same. Very All nice. right, well, happy Easter, everybody. Coming back with this double double tonight. Double so double. We'll see you in a little bit. Uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, hope you enjoy. It.